Welcome to the Dome Dog Podcast. I'm your host, Matt DeBritz. I said before, I'm going to get more content going, have more guests on. Well, today I actually have two guests. Joining me on the Dome Dog Podcast is attorney Dan Lust, who you can see on many media outlets and host of Conduct Detrimental Podcast, which entails everything from team relocation to NILs. Also with me today is Dan's associate, Mike Lawson, who is a producer on Conduct Detrimental, also an attorney, and graduated from Syracuse Law. I brought these attorneys on today to help explain what actually an NIL is, how student athletes can use it to their advantage, how schools could use it to their advantage, local businesses, what they actually have to do to get an NIL deal, and much, much more. Dan, I want to start with you. Can you just break down what an NIL actually is? Of course. I've heard uh, what is a NIL. I've heard of what are NILs. Um, I, you, can, you can do it either way. So either way, um, name, image, and likeness is the acronym. Uh, that's what it stands for, NIL. Uh, NIL is not necessarily uh, a new term. It's just really new to college sports. Um, the easiest way that I, I like to explain what it is, um, under no way, shape, or form are schools paying some type of salary to the athletes. What we, uh, I think the easiest way to explain this is it's kind of like an entrepreneurship license. If you can go out and get a deal with the Gatorade, with a Nike, or with a local car dealership, you'll be allowed to, and you'll be laid, allowed to retain your, um, you know, your academic and athletic eligibility. In the old days, if you were to accept like a penny, or if your parents were to accept like a house or a car, any type of ba- uh, indirect or direct benefit, you know, you're at risk of getting kicked out of the team, you know, kicked off the team, kicked out of school, all that fun stuff. So, um, you know, without getting into the whole history, California was the first to pass it, um, and they set their effective date in, uh, in 2023. And then Florida set the date of July 1st of 2021 to be effective. Um, they kind of leapfrogged California. All these states started copying them. And then all of a sudden, as we got close to July 1st, the NCA basically said, whoa, 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 we can't be making this stuff illegal while certain states have it legal. We're actually going to basically, uh, fancy word, right, decriminalize. We're going to let everybody do this across the country. So... Um, you know, as Mike and I, and we've talked about on the podcast uh, a bunch, um, we kind of have these interim NCA rules, which are a whole bunch of nothing. It's kind of just like a placeholder. Um, but we don't really have anybody policing this world of NIL at the college front. So you have schools kind of pushing the envelope, um, different state laws are restricting other schools and other states have no state laws. And so they can do whatever they want. But, um, you know, we use the term we don't use lightly. It, it is the wild, wild west from a legal perspective, from a compliance perspective. No one really knows what's going on. And the NCAA is certainly not answering any questions. So if I was just in a coffee shop and I was a basketball player, a football player, and someone took a picture from the store, I'll say, we give you a hundred bucks for that. How would they deal with that? I mean, like, put, put it this way. And then I'm not saying anything that nobody doesn't know in this, but like for, forever, right? If, if in that scenario, you are anything but a college athlete, it's not a big deal, right? If you're a musician or you're a gymnast at the, probably not gymnast, but those are, I guess, I guess in the athlete realm, but if you're an artist, um, musician, you could get paid and there's no real issue. Um, for college athlete purposes, you would lose your eligibility. So now, I don't know, there's no, there's no concern, right? You have a contract, you get it done. I mean, you have to check with compliance, which I'm sure Mike can probably speak to that a little bit. But you, um, some, some schools require you to tell them about a deal ahead of time. Other schools require you to tell them after the fact. Some schools don't require you to say anything at all. Um, but, you know, I guess the easiest way to explain it, you're allowed to get compensated for your name, image, or likeness. If it's a picture of somebody, that's their likeness, right? If it's their name, that's, that's a version of name, image, and likeness. So 
Um, yeah, I mean, that's that's easy way to put it. You can get paid in any way, shape or form, hundred bucks, thousand bucks, sometimes a million bucks. I'll get into it later, but the Joe Girard, JG3 has a, a deal. One of his name, image, likeness deals is for a, a memorabilia company for his signatures and whatnot. Um, but like Dan said, I, I so I'm a graduate of, of Syracuse Law School. I, I graduated in 2020. And while I was there, I worked for the um, compliance office for a little over two years. Um, I no longer work there and I no longer speak for them. Um, but it, it, I remember when I was uh, at Syracuse, this was before name, image, and likeness was allowed uh, via the NCAA rules and bylaws. Um, there were issues where we had to send cease and desist letters to local companies in Syracuse because they were promoting our athletes without our permission. And that was a violation of name, image, and likeness. Now, there's trademark issues with Syracuse trademark, which we'll get into that too with Buddy Beheim's deals. But um, there, there were issues where um, somebody would come to any local business. Um, in Syracuse for some sort of signing or picture or, or something like that and post it on their social media. And we had to tell them, you know, this is a violation of NCAA rules. It's not like we didn't like it or whatnot. It's just, this is, this is how the NCAA rule was. You couldn't do that. It was a violation. Um, so we had to tell them to stop it. So now it's completely different. It's flipped on its head and there is no rules and that is allowed. And you can do that with certain players and athletes, but again, it has to go through compliance to make sure that it is uh, okay with our compliance office. Well, that was one of the first things that, that happened years ago, right? With Dante Green, because he was talking about leaving and someone made a shirt that said, don't leave or don't Dante leave. And uh, coincidentally, didn't that guy who started that, had that t-shirt, didn't he make a company later on that, that then now deals with NILs? Syracuse had a freshman, Dante Green, and Wishing Grad created a t-shirt that where he like put a, an apostrophe. It was like, don't leave. And he wore that t-shirt. They were playing Georgetown. It was on ESPN. It got full, full coverage. And everyone's like, hey, we want these shirts too. Uh, and he started selling them, but he had a cease and desist back in 2008. I mean, you know, that, that came from the school where it's like, this is a violation. You need to stop right now. Where that was more incidental. That wasn't like for the money of it. He was just like, hey, like I thought this was a cool shirt. It, was a, it got like major you know, news being on national TV. So we started selling them. Now we've come full circle. Uh, and Wishing Grad is the founder of the Three Wishes cereal, which Buddy Bayheim has the sponsorship deal with. You ever tried it? I have not tried it, no. I'm going to go up to Syracuse coming up in a couple of weeks. It's been a long time since I've been back. I don't live there anymore. Uh, but um, I'm going to try the cereal to see if it's good. If I can pop a three after I make it. But um, Mike's, so, Mike's a very strict diet. He doesn't eat cereal. Mike just uh, eats lettuce and water. That's it. Okay. I guess you can't have a. I guess you can't have a dome dog then. Um, no. <laughs> talking about dome dog podcast with Dan Lust and Mike Lawson from Content Detrimental. Um, they break down everything from relocation to NILs. Today for me, NILs. So, I got a couple scenarios I want to run by you guys. So one is, Syracuse had a recruit here in Connecticut. His name is Donovan Klingen. He decided to go to UConn, and I saw one of the local places around here say he didn't want to go anywhere else because he liked the wings. And I actually know his uncle, and I texted him. I said, is he getting anything for that? He's like, I'm not sure. So what happens when a business just does something like that? They're using his name, image, and likeness. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's not something unique to, to Syracuse or not something unique to, to schools right? For, forever. Even in like this, the school, uh, you know, the merch store, like you have the jersey with no one's name, name on the back, you just have their number, you know, for forever, even in the video game, right? Kala EA Sports for years was like, hey, you know, um, like, like whatever, QB number 10 at Ole Miss. It was obviously Eli Manning. It looked like Eli, it just didn't say Eli Manning's name. That is high weight. And like at a, at a certain point, you're crossing the line and you have to do, you know, you have to pay that athlete something. 
Um, not all the time is it going to get challenged, um, you know, at, at the, the, the actual court level, which happened with the video game. Um, but if it's noticed and the player wants to challenge it, you know, or the NCAA wants to challenge it, certainly I think they, they'd be in their right. Um, there's a scenario that, that was going on, you know, fast forward to 2021. Um, you know, you could think, right, who, who wants to kind of um, take advantage of this, right? I would just be thinking of wing deals. I think there was a barbecue shop in Arkansas that was sponsoring their offensive line. And those guys is like, oh, all you can eat if you're an offensive lineman. And I did some commercial with them. Like, so now school, you know, these businesses are getting the, the publicity of saying, hey, we're partnering with this athlete. So the athletes look good. They'll get, they'll get paid some money. They can all you can eat ring wings or whatever. Else. And then the business get, looks good from giving the athlete something. You know, in the scenario you gave, I'm sure that wasn't done over the table. Right. I'm sure that was kind of done kind of sneaky. wasn't done at a national level. It was maybe done under the radar. But now it's like a win, win, win. Every, everybody benefits from this. But. Yeah, if it's not, if the athlete's not getting paid, it's a kind of slippery slope. Maybe the athlete likes it, you know, if their picture's up on a wall, but I'm sure, I'm sure they'd like to be getting paid some amount of money for it. Mike, what other deals besides Buddy? Um, Buddy had the first NIL deal, I believe, through the school, right? Yeah, that's right. So uh, we, were, we were texting offline. Um, Darren Ravel was the one who tweeted this out when it first kind of hit. I mean, you had July 1st of 2021 was when the wild, wild west started with name, image, and likeness. July 2nd was the tweet by Buddy Beheim that he was partnering with um, the player trunk where he came out with the apparel. And if you go on the online, the, the website, there's, he's got a lot of apparel signed uh, autograph, you know, autograph pictures, autograph basketball. And then he's got the uh, sweatshirt and t-shirt that says Buddy Buckets. Um, so he was the first player to have his name uh, on a shirt as well as Syracuse's trademark. So here's the issue with trademark. And this was a lot of the issues that came up when it first was being argued back and forth was what about the school's trademark? What about the school's sponsorship deals? If it's a Nike school, what about the competing market with Under Armour and things like that? Like, how does that work? So long as it's uh, okayed by the school, then the school could use that trade. You could use the school's trademark as long as it's so that had to have gone through uh, the compliance office. And again, I was there. I don't, I no longer work there, but Mark Wheeler runs a tight ship at the Syracuse uh, compliance office and John Wildhack and the athletic department is really, really solid all around great player advocate. So I wasn't surprised by this. Um, but Buddy was the first where he had Buddy buckets and it's got the Syracuse, you know, S on it. So that was fascinating that that, people didn't think that that was going to happen so fast where it was like, well, there might be some sort of negotiation back and forth. Now, does that have a factor? Because, you know, buddy is the son of coach Bayheim and Bayheim was like, Hey, like, let my kid do this. Let's use the S like, you know, you know, Bayheim is the name, right? Obviously buddy has um, stormed uh, like national coverage last year with his play gameplay in the, in the conference tournaments. Yeah. Good timing sure. for him. You know, yeah, exactly. Good, Great timing good, for good him. Turn, good. Uh, good couple of tournament games. I don't know if he would have gotten that deal this year. We'll see. Right. Right. And, and I think coach Beheim being as old school as he is, he's always been kind of against name image and likeness. And he's right. gone on the record saying how it's, it's kind of unfair because some players aren't getting it as much as others. Obviously buddy hit the spotlight when this came up, you know, when this went live. So he was getting these deals. Um, but again, the, the, the companies that buddy is, is working with are also local deals. You know, pl yeah. the player trunk is, is more, 
um, a, a little bit more national. And there's a lot of other student athletes. Joe Girard has his his merch he, with, with. Doesn't he have some sort too. of protein powder or something like that? So he- yeah, so it's called Enduraf. Uh, I want to make sure I'm saying this right. Uh, the the actual name of it is Endurafin, which is also created by Q Scrads, and it's yep. local to Syracuse. Um, which is it's a protein shake, and it has uh, I guess it's a trademarked bottle that has these little fins in it instead of like a sh- typical shaker bottle. It's got fins built inside the bottle. It's like a one time use recyclable bottle. Mm-hmm. You put your water in there, you shake it up. Um, so he, I guess, started using that. And then when name, image and likeness came around, they contacted him or he contacted them to be a brand ambassador. And it was just kind of, um, super easy for, for that to, to work out, but he's, he's with them. He's also with the three wishes cereal, which we've talked about, which is uh, wishing grad. And he's also doing cameo. So for basketball purposes, though, Syracuse basketball, there's four players that have some sort of deal. So that's JG three cameo, uh, cameo is when you, you know, if you want someone to say happy birthday to you, they'll do it for you. Correct. So you can go on to Cameo right now, pay yep. Jimmy Beheim or pay Buddy Beheim a hundred bucks uh, to bucks. say happy, happy birthday uh, <laughs> or, you know, give us some sort of pep talk, some sort of speech. You gave, you give him the speech, you pay him a hundred dollars. He does yeah. a video and he sent it back to you. Uh, JG3 is on that platform as well. Jimmy Beheim is on that platform as well. Uh, and so is Cold Swider, uh, Cole Swider. So uh, the four of them have, it costs, have they're charging a hundred dollars per Cameo or is, I thought I read that he might. That's break. just, that's just Buddy. Uh, I think JG three is 60 bucks. And I think Cole Swider's 30 bucks and Jimmy might be even cheaper than that. Uh, Actually, Hypothetically, which one do you want for your birthday? For me, <laughs> buddy, for sure, absolutely. Um, and there was a there was an article posted by the 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 Daily Orange or or what's it Syracuse.com where it was like, how much is he getting from that cameo? Cameo yeah. says that they give seventy five percent to whoever is doing the video. So effectively, seventy five bucks goes to wow. to uh, to Buddy every time he does one. Good of those work videos. if you can get it, huh? Sixty bucks for ten seconds. Yeah. How, yeah. how, how long I, is it for sixty? How I mean, like a minute, two minutes. I think it's just a minute. Yeah. One minute for 60 bucks. Wow. That's, that's what you guys charge usually. And there's a, (laughs) and there's a, there's a, uh, he's doing, I think you can do like business ones where he does it like on a larger scale. Uh, yeah. For business, $500 engaging video content for your company, customers, or employees. You can pay him 500 bucks to do some sort of video. Yeah. It's not, Uh, not in the dome dog budget right now. Sorry. I can't can't be asking buddy to do a cameo for, I don't know if you want to come on anyway. Is there a cap to how much these guys can make on NILs, Dan or, or Mike? Yeah. Short answer. It's a tough question. The short answer is no, there is no hard cap. Uh, in any particular state or in any particular, as far as I'm aware, um, like if you make more than $5 million, um, you know, you lose your eligibility. There's a player, Bryce Young, the quarterback at Alabama, freshman quarterback. Um, I think he was making seven figures before he took a snap at Alabama. So that'll give you some indication of, of what value is. There are some states that say that the deals that you sign have to be, have to be somewhat akin to fair market value. So, you know, someone just can't give you I don't know, $20 million to like appear at one event. That doesn't really make sense. No one's appearance for you if you're Kim Kardashian is $20 million for one event. So the the line is essentially like there, there should be some quid pro quo between um, you know what what you're the service you're giving and the benefit they're bestowing back on you. I think some schools and, and some deals are kind of pushing the the outer limits of that. Mm-hmm. Um, like back up backup offensive linemen at Texas uh, University are getting like 50 grand. It just it just doesn't doesn't really smell right. But as of you know, as of now, there's no hard prohibition on the cap. 
and what is like fair pay, what is reasonable, what's fair market value. Like no one is, there's no impartial third party that's deciding that. So we don't, you know, it's like the school gets to decide that, which isn't really fair or the, or the player. I mean, there's no one really playing watchdog. Uh, I think the biggest thing too about this is uh, college athletes weren't allowed to have agents until they were declaring for the draft. So now because of this, with the interim policy, they're allowed to sign with somebody to negotiate on their behalf. Now, um, so Buddy and Jimmy are signed with Rock Nation. So that Rock Nation is going to be doing all of their, you know, marketing and things like that. And um, JG3 is using Mike Bristol and the company Seven Enterprises Marketing. And that's, I guess, somewhere around Cuse. I, I didn't look it up, but uh, he's using him to, to do his marketing. Going back to, to Coach Beheim, Coach Beheim, a lot of these old school coaches are like, these athletes are here to focus on school and sports, right? So uh, anything that's going to take away from the, the athletes and his athletes from practicing, right? So you have a lot of these guys that are might be negotiating or, Jim, or Jimmy or Buddy doing a bunch of cameos while they're in the locker room preparing for the game or something. Anything that would, di would distract them is bad, right? So if they have these agents that can negotiate on their behalf, then it gives them more time to, to go to practice and go to class and, and things like that. So uh, I think that that was just all around good for the athletes too. So you talked about Wishing Grad. What's Wishing Grad's first name? Guy was on 2008 from Dante Green. I, I want to know, so could, if, say you're a walk-on on a team, any team, or you're a manager on a team, could you essentially be Buddy's agent or JG3's agent in that way where you're making T-shirts and you're brokering deals? Can you do that in this wild, wild west? Can you, can you be on the team and be an agent for somebody else? I, I don't think so. I don't, I've never, I mean, if you can, I haven't heard of it. Um, Mike and Mike and I had on um, Nikosi Perry, who's quarterback over at Florida Atlantic university. His agent was a, a fellow student at the school. So mm -hmm. I think, you, I think he was a uh, equipment manager on the team. So I don't think you, I, it wouldn't make sense to me pra practically if you were, I mean, even, even in the pros, right. What players do we know that are acting as agent for other current players? But you said it's um, a wild, wild west though. So, I mean, I, <laughs> I mean, I just doesn't, I don't want to say that you can and can, I just, it doesn't, doesn't seem like something that is allowed just because I haven't heard of it, but if someone wants to try it and test the NCA, so be it. Um, but yeah, by, by and large, um, and I, you know, Matt, I speak to a lot of these people that there are college kids, law students, lawyers that have never been in the space that um, for lack of a better term, kind of smell blood, right? A little bit, or maybe they smell green. Yeah. And they're like, you know what? I'm going to run. I want to, you know, I, I, I always wanted to be a sports agent. I'm going to call up these players right now. And it, it's kind of a new, you know, a new era of sports. So like, I don't think it's a coincidence. We'll see what it, what comes up in college basketball, college football. I think there were like four or five really top level quarterbacks who signed all these deals right up front. There was a guy, Spencer Rattler, who was known as the number one quarterback across the country. He signed all these deals, had a horrendous year. You know, th there's, a number of quarterbacks in this in the most recent college football season, high-level guys supposed to be predicted to be high-level picks in the upcoming NFL draft, signed all these NIL deals with that particular expectation. And I think a higher level than normal, we'll, we'll call it a bust rate, that they did not play well this year because they're dealing with this new factor of, hey, I have to deal with marketing deals and I have a brand and I have a trademark. Um, so and I, we're putting these expectations on our athletes sooner than they're used to. Not that, not that it's bad or good. But dealing with agents out in the open is a brand new thing. So it's another element that these athletes now have to deal with. So are you saying that uh, if you're a law student or you want to be an agent, this is where you should go these days? 
I, I think it's, I think there's a lot more opportunities. I think, yeah. you know, in the old in the professional world, you kind of have to go through an established agency uh, and then like cut your teeth and then maybe build some clients. But now you can, it's almost like, um, you know, it's like farm to table. Like you're, you can go directly to uh, these athletes and they don't have, they, they're just a feeding practice. So you could be a backup third string punter, right? And there might be someone that's trying to get you a local deal. Not this yeah. day it's going to be so much money. Some of these deals are like a hundred bucks, 50 bucks, right? The cameo guys are 75 bucks. Yeah. Um, but there's a new market here. And I think that's obviously going to attract, uh, yeah. you know, some people to the space. They're getting the backup guy deal to possibly get the first string guy. You know, I, I don't know if you guys follow Gary V at all or see him. I've talked about him on my podcast a few times. I can't believe I'm bringing him up again, but I've heard him talk about how my fourth round guys that pick, got picked fourth round in the NFL are making more money than first round guys. So if you're a savvy business person and you understand business better, or you're, you know, a lawyer or law student and you're a grad student, you understand it more. Maybe there's opportunity for you. Even if you're not a great player, if you're a second string guy, you may know the first string guy better than anybody else. Yeah. I can get you this deal, that deal. It's just, as you said, it's wild, wild West. And it's just crazy, but so you don't think that there's no rule in place that a guy on the team can't be another guy's agent, is there? And I, I'm not aware of one if there is one. I mean, I, Matt, you said something that's interesting. And it's an example I kind of wanted to give you guys, you know, for, especially for your Syracuse listeners, um, which maybe your basketball fans already, already know this, but there's a guy in the NBA who has a, uh, I mean, he's still playing, Kent Bazemore. Uh, he's kind of famous in the history of Steph Curry. Um, Steph Curry became Under Armour's guy, uh, you know, for years. And the reason, the way that Under Armour was able to get the Steph Curry was by sponsoring um, this guy, Kent Bazemore, right? Six man, seventh man. Yeah. And they gave him all these shoes and stuff. And Steph, who was a high level guy, was like, hey, you're Kent Bazemore and they're giving you that much stuff. Like, what, what if I go to Under Armour? And that's that's the, the story of how, you know, Steph Curry became Under Armour's main guy. So to your question is like, why, are, why is the third string guy getting paid in the backup? You know, these guys are all friends. They're all like all Americans at a certain point, you know, yeah. maybe they went to the same high school. So schools are getting smart. And let's say in a, in a different world, this was, the, I guess, the hypothetical. Like Carmelo Anthony went to Syracuse in part because he was a New York kid, right? And he wanted to go um, to school in New York. Let's say there's a world where all of Carmelo's friends are at a different school and they're all getting paid some amount of money and there's just the, the dollar signs. Um, or let's say, you know, Carmelo ends up wanting to stay three years. We know he was a, a one and done guy in hindsight. But like, let's say he wanted to stay two years. Maybe he transfers to like Maryland or Kentucky under the premise of like someone will pay him $5 million. So in addition to like, just normal NIL, we're having this in a legal level, a very strange conversation with like inducements to transfer. No one's policing it. It's seemingly very clear that it's happening. Really high level coaches are talking about this world of free agency, that it's one thing to recruit talent, but the transfer portal on this one-time transfer rule is like, you have to now pay to almost protect your talent as much as even paying to go get other people's talents. It's a very different world um, than we were a year ago today. Yeah, a lot of people right. are not, too happy maybe with the transfer thing with the COVID free year last year, um, just because it, it creates a log jam and it's created a log jam for players, I think. And, you know, on Syracuse, Jimmy Beheim is petitioning for another year. Buddy could play another year. JG three could play another two years. And you know, I was talking to Matt Rowe, a former Syracuse player. And he said, maybe they should have just done that for juniors and seniors and not freshmen and sophomores. You know, that the year was shortened and stuff but it's creating such a log jam and as you said if guys can just transfer freely 
it is like free agency. It is before you had to transfer. You had to sit out a season. If you, if you transferred within your own conference, you just sit out two seasons. Now you can just go. So if the Syracuse player wants to transfer to the ACC team like Pitt, he can just go. And that's, I don't know. I mean, I'm a little more old, old school. I like the Big East more than the ACC. I, I don't say that players should just be sitting out all the time, but also just transferring within the same conference is just kind of crazy. So to entice guys by having better people that know NILs or, or marketing, it's a whole nother bag. It's kind of just bad timing the way that the transfer portal opened up and NIL kind of happened at the same time, because we're, we're, what's happening is what you guys are just talking about right now. And Matt, you talked about before about the recruit, the potential recruit coming out of Connecticut, but went to ended up going to UConn because maybe if he had a potential deal. So that's the, that's the part that Dan was kind of referencing this inducement where you're, you're having these deals created to induce a player to come to that school. And then now that can happen through the transfer portal. I mean, Syracuse just lost Kamari lands. He's now going to Louisville. Who knows if that was because NIL, because he decommitted after the NIL rule. I mean, Syracuse has lost a few big name commits in the last couple of years. And NIL was like a rumor. I remember I was at Syracuse when Dior Johnson uh, committed to Syracuse. And I was like, this is huge. Like he's a top level point guard. And then NIL started to get rumbling. Uh, he, 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 had, he had a lot of different issues. He had some injuries. He moved a lot yeah. of high schools. So he, he had a lot going on in his life, but NIL ends up happening. And uh, like, I think a week before it went live, he committed to Oregon, which is a big yeah. school. It's a big market. He's they right. got Nike right in their back pocket. So um, there's a lot of these NIL inducement issues that we're seeing. I mean, Syracuse is coming up right now with their lacrosse players. So uh, Syracuse, it's not just basketball players, but football players. There's 32 players at Syracuse right now that have some sort of NIL deal. Barstool Sports is a big advocate of that because Syracuse has Barstool Qs. Yep. Um, but uh, in terms of the lacrosse, uh, right now we have uh, the lacrosse player, um, so Gary Gate is the is the head coach Legends. for men's cross legend. legend, and his brother Paul Gate has Gate Lacrosse, and th- we have these Spinilla brothers who are coming out of Long Island, which makes sense. You know, Syracuse is an uh, amazing men's lacrosse program. We've been top for I don't even know how many years. Long Island's in New York, it makes sense. But we have Joey Spinilla, who is a commit, a 2022 commit, and he's got a name, image, and likeness deal with gate lacrosse so the only issue there is a a head coach can't have some sort of you know not a head coach any coach right can't have some sort of um, name image and likeness tie here so that's where they're probably going to investigate this or look into it obviously um, I think Gary Gay has come out and said that he's you know it's not he has nothing to do with that it's just very close because it's his brother who has gate, but, but things like that, where that's where we're going to see now. I mean, again, it's wild, wild west. So there's no, there's no deals. Um, like, Oh, it's almost like free reign. So we've, we had, uh, we talked about this on our podcast about inducements and boosters, right? Adam Weitzman is a, is a huge, huge guy for Syracuse. And he's, yeah. he's, uh, very well known. He's got a lot of connections and, and he's a booster for Syracuse. He's always at Syracuse. He's on the sidelines all the time. And, you know, he obviously can do some deals with these players, but he definitely has to toe the line of a booster inducing a player to come to Syracuse and things like that. So yeah. uh, it, it's definitely, it's drawing some lines in the sand. Let's break down the Buddy Bayheim deal, the, the three wishes. How does he do that? 
So, so that can go, you can just go directly to the athlete, right? You're, you're just negotiating with the athletes. The athletes have free reign to, for their own name, image, and likeness, right? Like, like JG three, also a side note, JG three, his parents trademarked JG three, five years ago, like back when he was in high school, Yep. you, you talk about, again, you talk about student athletes uh, and their parents and having this business and, and business model. JG three's parents are amazing. And I grew up in upstate New York. Uh, I went to Queensbury high school. Glens Falls high school was my rival high school growing up. So I know a lot of the Gerards, the Gerard family, like they are definitely business forward. They created uh, JG3 Enterprises LLC as a, as a company for JG3 and all of his marketing. Yep. Um, and like I said before, a lot of the student athletes at Syracuse, the 32 that have deals, a, a lot of that ties into social media. So like with Barstool and um, I mean, there's a cheerleader on there. There's um, women's lacrosse, women's basketball, women's soccer, softball, volleyball, men's soccer, uh, women's ice hockey, um, who's got a really good team. So a, a lot of that ties into social media. So whether that's managing your own social media or, or doing something like JG3 and having his own company and marketing director or whatnot. But going back to, to your original question, um, they can negotiate for themselves. So if a, if a company wants to do a deal with student athlete, they can run, they can go through them. The student athlete has, it's the onus on them is to kind of go through um, the school if, if it implicates anything to do with the, the team or the logo, right? So with Buddy, he wanted to use the logo in the the, um, the player trunk. They wanted to use the S logo on the shirt. So they have to clear that through. Uh, it's going to be the compliance office, but it's also the general counsel office of Syracuse to make sure that their licensing, you know, their licensing deal is okay. Whether or not they get a percentage of that or whatnot, I don't know the deal exactly, but yeah. that's really the only time that it, it has to go through compliance. Would the school get a piece of that if you're using their logo? So, so yeah, I mean, they probably are going to want a piece if they're using their their trademark, their logo, or if it's Syracuse basketball or whatnot. Um, but again, I don't know the deal. I haven't seen the specific deal, but that would be my guess. Is there some sort of royalty or percentage? Or maybe not. It, it could also just be a permission thing where, um, you know, Buddy was like, you know, I want to use, you know, this logo on on my, you know, you know, my jerseys, you know, or the sweatshirts, T-shirts, whatever. Yeah. Will you allow me to do that? And then maybe it's just a permission thing. And they're like, yeah, you, you can use our trademark for, for yours or whatever that, but again, that has to go through the compliance office. That was because it had the logo only, but when he does the three wishes, there's no, no. logo associated. So he can go directly to, you know. no, but, but my understanding is, is whenever there is a deal, they have to report it to the compliance office. So the compliance yeah. office can do some sort of check to make sure that there isn't a conflict, right? Because obviously the Syracuse, you know, university has, you know, again, I, I'm using the large brand deal as, as a, an example, but we have Nike, right? If we're an exclusive Nike school, our contract can't compete with somebody else's contract. So that was the issue. I mean, there's, again, there's no rule on this. So uh, it's, it's all up to the sponsors and, and compliance officer. So the compliance officer could ideally they could, they could rule against it. They could say no, because it's up to the, the school has left it up to the conference and the conference has left it up to the school, or I'm sorry, NCAA has left it up to the conference and the conference has left it up to the school and yeah. there's state rules and whatnot. But um, you're seeing, you're seeing too with, yeah. with high school athletes coming in with name, image and likeness deals. Right. So yeah. um, technically, like I said before, Joey Spinella, the lacrosse guy, he has a deal coming already into Syracuse. I guarantee you if JG three was in the, in the wild, wild west of this name, image, and likeness era, he would have had a deal up in Glens Falls too, because he yeah. was the number one high school uh, right. prospect coming out of New York. So he definitely would have had some sort of deal. And then he would have had, had to, 
he would have to come into Syracuse and then get it cleared through compliance. So I guess that's the process. It's different for every deal, but all of them, you have to at least report it to the compliance officer. And I'm guessing most of them have to get cleared, whether or not it has any sort of tie to Syracuse. Talking with uh, Dan Luss and Mike Lawson from Conduct Detrimental. It's a legal podcast from everything from relocation to naming deals to NIL. My favorite one is the Cleveland Indians one that they've talked about before at length. Uh, as Dan said many times in his social media channels, just Google the name first. Anyways, <laughs> um, that's kind of funny uh, in itself. But uh, you know, there's a lot out there, a lot to take in with the NILs and stuff. But why do you think they don't allow the international players to cash in on this? It seemed to me that if there's a player that has a family overseas and they have no way of getting money. Why can't they do it? Yeah. I mean, it, the, the short is that it comes down. Um, I mean, it, I'm not an immigration law expert. I don't want to say this, but I have spoke to people that have identified that same exact problem. The short, the short answer being that students come to the country on student visas, which I guess is a different process than if they're on work visas, the very, I guess, different process. So what we're, at least this world is we have someone come to the country under the premise that they're getting an education. So, uh, you know, we have to kind of reimagine and rethink the world of student athletes if they're now able to, to make money. Um, so I guess it's a, an issue that can't, I mean, the short answer is that it can't be solved by state legislation. It has to occur at the federal level um, in, you know, part and parcel with some version of Homeland Security that they're uh, making these decisions together. Um, but yeah, that's that's it. It's not that it can't be done. It's just that it's going to require more lifting. So to get what if, the, the only things that we've done are, uh, you know, state level, Florida, Alabama, Ohio State, there's about 25 states. Federal government's got to get their act together if they want to pass a law that involves immigration. Right. It's a, more of a federal issue, country to country. So so the guy, if he come, becomes a citizen, then he's he's golden or she's golden. Right. I think I think so. Mike, what, from what I'm hearing, the issue is with the with the visa classification that you're yeah. there. Student athletes are in the country for a very specific purpose, and that's to play basketball, right, or to play whatever sport it is. And mainly basketball for, for yeah. Well, we'll go to school, student athletes. <laughs> right. I mean, but it's, yeah, it's okay. Not, it's not uh, what about yeah. does that include Canada? I, I, I'm not. Again, I'm not. I don't want to pretend to be a Mr. Immigration expert, but I, I imagine it does. I imagine it's all international athletes. Sounds like a whole new podcast. It does. <laughs> <laughs> so. You know, you know, this is very interesting to me. I mean, we could talk about the different deals and uh, the guy that I was talking about before, guys, his name is Donovan Klingon. And I think it almost, in a way, entices some players maybe to stay local because if you're already established, say, in the Syracuse area, I know Syracuse is not a hotbed for Syracuse University for talent, even though I know some people that have made it. But if you're good enough, like JG3, he's not totally local. He's two, three hours away in Glens Falls. But he's local in the fact that people knew him. You know, I knew about him before he came to Syracuse. I knew that he had the brand almost JG3. I actually talked to his mom and dad because we're trying to find an interview with him one time. But um, you're, you're right. They're very business forward. They're on top of it. He played in the Dome for football, for basketball. It's almost enticing if you're someone like him in this era to go local because you already could have those deals in place. And you already have establishments. You already have lawyers. Maybe you have more people you can maybe trust. Whereas if you go to a school cross country and you're, you don't have anybody there, it may be a little harder. What, what would you suggest either one of you 
an athlete do before going to college if you're a big time player, no matter what sport you play? Um, I mean, I'll, I'll answer the short version. I think Mike probably has some specific commentary for Syracuse, but um, I, I think, you know, I guess I can take the example. I'm not going to remember the guy's name, Jackson State. There was a top, top cornerback in the country had committed to go to Florida State. Uh, yeah. And at the last second, um, you know, I guess before National Signing Day, he decommits and goes to Jackson State. Um, which is a historically black college. Deion Sanders is the coach over there. Yeah. Um, so we've been talking about these two rules, right? Athletes can get paid a ton of money now, right? I'm not necessarily sure the reason why he transferred it. We just know that he transferred. In years past, if you didn't have the one-time transfer rule, you could go to a school, right? Get paid a ton of money, but if the school sucked and the team wasn't competitive, you're kind of in trouble. You're going to have to sit out a year in the middle. But now with this combination of NIL, you get paid a ton of money. Let's say Deion Sanders then goes to a better program. He goes to, I don't want to say better, just a different program, bigger program, like Texas or Florida, Florida State. Then all of a sudden that player can be paid a ton of money to go to the lower level school and then transfer with the coach wherever they go. So I'm almost, you know, I I think people need to rethink, you know, their first choice of a school. Maybe if you want right in your, you know, I have two daughters. They're nowhere close to, they're two in six months. So they're nowhere close to playing. But you know, maybe if someone dangles, you know, a ton of money over you and they say, you know what, you're going to get this ton of money and you're going to get playing time at a very low level school. You know, maybe that we're just not going to have these type of guys that sit behind the starter for four years uh, and wait to get their payday. Right. And just even, um, you know, Stetson Bennett over at, uh, at Georgia, the guy yeah. went to college, played, got a lot of reps in and then went back to Georgia. So maybe just guys, you don't have guys sitting and waiting, waiting their turn. They're going to go somewhere else, try to get paid a lot of money and then they can transfer to, to wherever they want, which we're seeing a really hot transfer portal right now that some of the top athletes in the country are getting ready to transfer like Caleb Williams, top freshman quarterback, or maybe number two in the country is now like the hottest commodity in all of college football. So um, it's a, it's a very different, different. Portal. So you think that you almost treat it as looking for a job, not maybe going for school. Like this is the best deal overall. Yeah. Why, why not? Like, honestly, if someone's going to offer me $2 million to go to school, they guarantee me the starting quarterback job, the starting point guard, whatever it is. And they're going to pay me a ton of money. And I don't have to stay there for all four years. And I don't have to sit out a year of eligibility transferring. Why not grab the money? You could have any type of season ending injury um, or career ending injury. If you have one, you know, I don't know if at the end of your high school, right. And you're, you're all these different teams are lining up and you're ready to put on the hat on national signing day. Like ah, sign a check for a million bucks, right? Like at least get some money right then and there. And, and now there's a path to do it. I think it's great that, people get paid to do whatever they're good at, you know, whether it's podcasting or law or sports. And I think that's great. I just, when it comes down to it though, if, if you're just trying to go to school as a regular student and you're not good at anything that gets paid, these, these colleges are asking people for a lot of money, you know, could NILs or these deals ever change tuition? The biggest thing of, of any sort of effect is whether or not student athletes are going to start getting full rides. What, what, what happens there with a student athlete who comes to the school and gets, you know, Syracuse, I think the full amount is like 75 K a year or something like that. Right. Like they get a full ride to come and, and attend the university to play basketball. That was the contract. Right. So yeah. will these deals have an impact on those full rides? Uh, you know, are you going to give a full ride to somebody who doesn't have name image and likeness deal because they're not making money where this guy can pay because he is making money. Like what, what, what's the determination factor there? I mean, I'll give you my controversial take, which people can disagree or agree with. Bring it, bring it. 
if there's an athlete that's earning legitimately, because there are some that are, I don't want to say, we're not going to see the numbers, but they're making like $2 million, $5 million. Um, we, in the history of college sports, right, we give athletic scholarships to, to players, right? It's probably the equivalent. Uh, tuition's probably like maybe 200 grand in some places over, over four years. If someone's making like $5 million, do they still need the athletic scholarship from the school? I'm not saying that any school would, would be smart to withdraw it. That would be horrendous PR, but I think we should be rethinking the model. I just, uh, there, there's a version where maybe it doesn't make sense. If every athlete, if there's a world, which hopefully there is, where every athlete on every division one football and basketball program, and, and hopefully the other, you know, other sports will, will kind of come up as well. They're all making like six figures and they're getting something akin to a salary, right? There's a whole other separate conversation about whether student athletes will be considered true employees. It's not, there's a world where like these, these athletic scholarships are not always going to be this guaranteed lock, um, yeah. especially if there's a world where athletes are ever considered employees. If you can get cut, you can get, you know, I don't know, yeah. you can get cut from the team. It's people need to be rethinking scholarships. It's not, it's not always going to be as automatic. I don't, I don't think. Anyone approached you about, representing them as far as name image and likeness or as far as sports law in i know you deal with it a lot i've, I've had people approach me um you know i i try to maintain some level of impartiality so i usually refer those to other people um but i've had people come up to us i've spoken um i think as you know matt i've spoken to schools i've spoken to division one basketball programs um you know at least in our my level of like we'll, we'll call it consulting um, I try to stay somewhat impartial and as a media member to, I guess I'm a media member now, but I try to stay somewhat impartial. Everyone is. We certainly get, <laughs> get calls. I get, I get calls from parents. Um, so I try to try to be somewhere in the middle, but you know, it's always, I can always offer advice and tell people where to go, who to speak with, who the you know, appropriate uh, non, we'll say non uh, public facing people. Are. So I know we talked a lot of business and I was talking to Dan Lust and Mike Lawson from Conduct Detrimental Podcast. We've been breaking down NILs and Syracuse University and all sorts of things, but I know, Dan, maybe you can't speak on this, but uh, Mike, you can. Um, what's going to happen first, a bigger NIL deal for Syracuse or an NCAA tournament berth? <laughs> Syracuse always finds a way to sneak in. This year, falling below 50% is making it very hard-pressed. Um, they're making it very difficult for themselves. Um, but I, I think, I think NIL is blowing up is probably a more, uh, likely thing this year than an NCAA, than a tournament. They need to get the reps in the gym, get the practice up, get the shots up, things like that on the NIL aspect of it too. It's the same way. The hard, you know, the, the hardest worker is going to get those deals. You know, somebody who's going to be out there pushing for marketing, pushing on social media, something like that. Those are the ones that are going to get those deals. Buddy has been very, um, vocal and we talked about it like he just had it at the right time he was blow, you know blowing up nationally because of his play last year in the tournament but um, I, I think that if somebody wants a deal they can get it right now the fact that they're with Syracuse alone on the on the national level of coverage social media whatnot is, is helpful where can uh, where can people connect with you guys and it's your your moment here to pitch your uh, podcast I know Dan's chomping at the bit uh, I mean, I'll do it. I obviously am chomping at the bit to, uh, to plug it. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so uh, the, the podcast is called Conduct Detrimental. It's a sports law podcast. We have a website too, conductdetrimental.com. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you're interested, uh, obviously, if you're interested in the sports space, uh, maybe you're looking for a job in that space, we have a job board on the site, which tends to be one of our more popular features. So yeah, we, we try to service 
uh, sports fans, sports career professionals. Um, but, uh, you know, through the prism of sports law, being Antonio Brown, Deshaun Watson, Trevor Bauer, uh, NIL, um, you know, we, we really hit anything and everything at that intersection. Good listen. I, I, that's how I pretty much know Dan, because I saw his post a few times and then we connected and here we are. Mike, did you find your job with Dan on the job board or did you actually do the old fashioned way? No, no. Old fashioned LinkedIn. Uh, I, LinkedIn. I connected with Dan. I connected with Dan back when I was in law school. So I started doing it right when he jumped on Conduct Detrimental. And I had worked for one of the original founders of the podcast, Dan Worley, who is now general counsel for the Tennessee Titans. Um, he, he was one of the original founders of the podcast. So, uh, I've been listening and following for a very long time. And, and once Dan kind of joined up with Dan Wallach, the other, our other co-host, I, uh, I jumped on with, with them and all throughout bar prep, uh, it was just bar prep and working on the, the podcast. So, uh, you can find us all at, at con detrimental. So you're just these, these student athletes are like, Hey man, I, I studied for the bar and I was a producer. What's what up? Right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Getting us, I'm a lawyer and I'm a some- producer. And I go on podcasts in the middle of the day. So what? You guys can't play basketball and, uh, you know, do a couple of cereal commercials. No, I'm just kidding. Thanks, guys. Really appreciate it. It was education for me because I knew a little bit about it. I know a lot more about it. We'll do this again sometime. You know, you see something, one of my posts or something you don't agree with. You're going to jump in. I've got a Facebook group. Um, you're more than welcome to jump on on that. You're more than welcome to text me. You know, many ways of communication these days. But thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Thanks, Matt. Thanks, Matt. A lot of great stuff there from the Conduct Detrimental guys. Really enjoyed it. Next up for Syracuse is Wake Forest, Saturday night, 8 p.m. ACC Network, Cuse.com for radio. If you remember the last time Syracuse played Wake Forest, they lost in overtime, basically because Syracuse could not get the ball in bounds. Jim Beheim said on his show last night that Simon Torrance may play. I'm hoping he does. Syracuse needs him pretty badly. Wake Forest is a good team this season. They've won the last four games. They've got more guys back. It's not going to be an easy game. Big doings at the game tomorrow night because Giannis Antetokounmpo will be a guest of Adam Weitzman. Big businessman in upstate New York. Also a Syracuse superfan. He's brought guys like Tom Brady, Gronk, Odell Beckham Jr. to Syracuse games. As always, I'll be on the Facebook page commenting. And again... Every game is important. Syracuse needs to get wins. Otherwise, they won't even make the NIT. I hope you're enjoying these longer interviews, along with my analysis, along with all the stuff I post on the Facebook page. I started a YouTube channel. More content's coming. More interviews are coming next week. Stay tuned. Thanks for listening to the Dome Dog Podcast. Now available on Spotify, Audible, Google Podcasts, and Podbean. Please join the Facebook group facebook.com slash groups slash dome dog pod that's d-o-m-e d-a-w-g p-o-d